Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 157 of Value Town. I'm Chan Man V, and joining me today are well is Gara, of course, my co-host. What's up, Gara? Uh, what's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, what's up nothing. What's up? Yeah, yeah. You're laddering. What do you mean when nothing's going on? You're, nothing. You're like, just, just, just climbing 20 hours a day. The usual stuff. Well, just getting my 2,000 games per month. Like, oh my god, that's <laughs> crazy. No, I feel I, I I was like trying to talk to a few players this week, and all of them were like, uh, basically the the next four or five days I'm doing nothing <laughs> except for laddering. <laughs> so it's in I know crazy and that kind of stressful period again, and it's it's kind of short this month, right? Because this month was shorter, so it feels, oh, feels yeah. like it's only a couple weeks ago you guys were already doing this for January. And, yeah, uh, especially was, this month I went for Legend on all three regions, so these fr- three less days really hurt. Oh, I see. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you really need every day. Yeah, I yeah. feel. Like. Well, joining us, today, of course, as you can see, are the dynamic duo of Subtle and Raven. Uh, what's up, guys? How you doing? I'm doing good. It's uh, been a quiet couple of days for yeah. me, so um, nothing too special. But yeah, just uh, same old, same old. Got back from Barcelona uh, yesterday. I was there on a bit of a different event. It was actually uh, the Mobile World Congress. Uh, and I was there for with Amazon in, and Twitch sort of combined. And that was a... Uh, it was definitely something I've not done before in terms of Hearthstone as a more of an educational event. Um, but it's definitely cool, you know, different experience, a different style. So it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Cool. And Sado, you're just coming from Sydney, right? Yeah, I just got back from Sydney uh, yesterday morning, uh, 24 hours travel each way, which was um, kind of a grind. But apart from that, not been doing much. I haven't been grinding 20 hours of ladder a day because uh, I'm a caster and casters don't have to actually work hard. So that's I'm kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> Casters yeah, don't uh, have to work hard. <laughs> since when? <laughs> I don't know. Very cool. Well, it's great to have you on. I mean, there's a lot to talk about today. We I wasn't expecting this year of the Raven to be announced, but that was, uh, you know, that came out yesterday. So there's a lot to, to talk about there. But the name of the announcement, Raven. How much do you, do you pay people at Lizard to, to actually get them to to name this year? Um, they actually asked me for permission um, if they could use it since it's such a great name, but it would obviously infringe on my own copyright. Uh, but you know, I'll let, I'll let them have it for free since you know, I like Blizzard. All right, all right, people. I, I can spot some caster bias from Blizzard. <laughs> they just they just know it's good, right? It's good. <laughs> I'm just looking at Saul, just waiting. Waiting for the response. <laughs> it it just sounded better than the year of the subtle, you know. What the year the of the like, <laughs> is is that like you know I'm I'm smug about a lot of my victories, but they it kind of comes in like small doses, but very often because you know I win a lot, I do a lot of good things, so you hear about it quite often. Raven doesn't get that W a lot, so when you when you do finally have that moment of victory for Raven, you will hear about it endlessly for weeks on end. So, well, it's it's mainly though because I get the victories that count, right? You get all the small oh little ones that God. people forget about. I get a Hearthstone year named after me, so um, you know, I'll, I'll take those few and far between victories that actually mean something. 
uh, to be honest with you. Well, you get 365 days worth of, <laughs> of hearing about this. So this is going to be pretty amazing for you. Uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about the announcement and just everything that's involved with that. And then uh, we'll talk to Gar, obviously, about just the, the ladder grind right now. See how you're doing. Um, pack winners. The quest pack actually ended. We were wondering last week, like, what the, what the heck's going on with the packs, right? So uh, maybe find out a little bit about that. HCT Sydney, of course, Saddle uh, casting that and getting, give us the lowdown on that. And then, uh, so you think you can, can cast. Another thing, too, that's very pertinent to, you know, uh, just our cast here. And then we got some Q&A right. at the end. Plant so, your guests really well. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. It's like, like, it's like as if there was a reason that these guys are actually <laughs> on here or something. It's, like, it's oh, all coincidence, you know. <laughs> it's all RNG. Total luck, total RNG, like this happens. <laughs> um, and then Q&A, of course, at the end. So send your questions, valuetown at chamanb.tv, or, you know, maybe we'll take something in chat if, if it looks interesting to us. Uh, but, okay, let's start out with our week in Hearthstone. Um, Gara, yeah, like how's laddering going since the last day of the season? You're looking good for what your goals are for the season? I don't know. My brain is kind of like in a <laughs> in a mode where I use it as little as possible and I only focus on my Hearthstone turns. <laughs> I don't even focus on like what decks to use. Like I had to think about it before the whole grind. I'm like, okay, I'm only going to use Priest. And I'm like, okay, Q Priest, Q Priest, do my turns, do it for like 40 hours straight. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's... It's super hard, actually. There was a shift, which is very uh, noticeable, not just oh, by me. Really? I talked to a lot of other players. Mm -hmm. Like, Asia used to be, like, the safest server to finish, like, High Legend. And all the people that are playing there now that switch to Asia, like Muzzy, Tyler does it over and over. And they all agree that Asia is now the hardest server to finish on High Legend. And you can't even, like, camp like you used to. Like, um, before January, you could get top 20 legend on Asia and be safe for even up to three days. You would not decay your ranks. But now um, I've seen actually with Tyler that he was ranked seven legend one day before the season reset and he dropped to 30 and he played even one game and won and still dropped out of top 25. Really? So Asia wow. is pretty much now the same region as so, all the other regions. So my main question with that is, um, is Asia Asia harder or harder than it was and as hard as whatever, it doesn't matter, but harder because everyone moved to Asia yeah, because it's I'm easier. Thinking. Do you, you know what I mean? Change. Because yeah. Yeah, you, could, you could say like, oh, Europe's the hardest region. Well, if all the top pros move to a different region, Europe's probably not the hardest anymore and that other region is, right? So it's like there's just a singular region everyone moves to to make it like the hardest, so to speak. That's a very good question because... Mm, not everyone is like a top pro. <laughs> There's like still like the top 200, top 300 legend players, which are like, let's call them randoms, just very good players. And Amateurs on Asia, yeah, and on Asia, they really now play like the top, 100, top 200 legend players up to top 300 legend. They only play the very, very best decks. Like you will face very, very few like random, let's call them free wins. For example, on NA, there's way more diverse meta, even on high legend. Like you will mm -hmm. face... Hunters, Warlocks, sometimes even a sh Shaman on top 200 Legend. On Asia, you will not face them. You will face 50% Inner Fire Priest, you know, 20% Cube Block, 20% Secret Mage or whatever. Only like the very best decks and mm. it, like every day, it's it's really hard to get like an edge over them because they play these decks also very well. Like you can't just get like cheesy wins or whatever or like push a win right through re facing random matchups. So yeah, that's why basically. Like, I'll say things. 
like this this because this year a lot um the points mean a lot more a lot of players are like more motivated to pick up points i think a lot of players have now picked up asia as their third server when they were playing europe and na and if you're playing all three it makes sense that asia is the most competitive because it's the first one to finish right like you right. want to get that that top 25 locked up on the first reset and then you just have a day off right essentially yeah. you can just peace out um so or just you know try and free roll rank one or whatever you want to do like once you've got your 25 locked up so i think that's probably like a factor on it mm. as well it makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, you're not gonna roll into it going ah oh, well whatever on asia because yeah. it's the first one that goes away you're gonna be like well this is the first one so it's my first like shot at those points yeah i, I want to add to that that like the other servers are not easy at all like every server got harder. <laughs> of course, mm. it's yeah. very important. It just like means so you only have to around. you only have to look at the um the sheer volume of, for example, events not having enough spaces for everyone who wants to go to them. Everyone you know uh, streaming their grind. Everyone playing in every qualifier that's that's happening. Like the the behavior of, of players this year has i think everyone expected it to you know increase in terms of competitive aspect, but I think it's actually gone higher than most people would even think. Like everyone is going nuts almost everyone well, half what, the two people i was hanging out with this weekend yeah. everyone else is going nuts well i mean there were yeah, i've definitely talked to a, a several of the pros and th there's so many qualifiers that it makes me wonder that even though there's not online cups and things like that like last year which a lot of people complained about right because it took so much time and it was just like killing them to have to grind these things but um uh you know, this year, is it kind of the same? I mean, because people have to play all these qualifiers for the I, events? I, I think it's it's probably a similar grind, but it's a it's kind of the job of a full-time player to grind the game, because that's, you know, kind kind of what it is. But I think that the payout is better. I'm not talking necessarily just money, but you win online cup every week, you get your points, that's pretty much it. You win these qualifiers, you probably go to a live, you know, major event, it's streamed, you get your face out there, there's a prize pool that's significant, might not be as high as a lot of players would like, but it's a significant amount of money, you know, to go to this event, and you get the points for playoffs, yeah. which then also adds to the um, the Masters ranking, playoffs, etc., etc. So the grind might be the same, but the rewards are just that uh, at least one to two steps, you know, tier above, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how's it looking, Gar? Like, you think you think you're going to get in top 100 on one of the servers? Because you can only take the highest one anyways, right? Like, it's... Or whatever your best result is. Yeah, I think I will, I will get there. It's looking... I have, like, 75% win rate, but it's, <laughs> like, it's still a grind. Like, I still have oh to play for... It's, it's actually weird. It works for me really well. I almost always, like, get at least top 50, but I have to play 40 hours straight. Like, you just get a feeling for it. It's hard to describe. You just mm -hmm. play, play, play. Then you know yeah. what you have to play. Like, you just know the tech cards you have to tag and how the meta is. Right. Even when it shifts, you get, like, a, a feeling for it. It's, like, the best yeah, way. You're not really looking at it game by game anymore. You're just kind of no. looking at it from a, a big picture standpoint, just kind of putting in the like, hours it, and things like that. You don't... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't even have the time to analyze stats and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that because you, you your time is really limited <laughs> as well. Okay. So yeah. What do you see? I, I mean, what do you see in this last day? Like, there are a ton of anything specifically, or is it like you were saying with with the distribution on like, um, the Asian server? Uh, on it, it's very tweet related. If someone finishes, like really? tweets, honestly, oh, yeah, it, okay. it really is okay. like that. Someone tweets, "Oh, I got top top five legend with inner fire priest," and then you see immediately a shift on the ladder. Like mm. it's crazy. It's like okay, stock calculation. I, <laughs> I think yeah. I even saw that with like um, uh, Merlot Paladin. 
Like yeah. I saw a couple of tweets of high mm-hmm. finishes. Next minute, oh, got top twenty with this thing is Merlot Powerless. Oh, got top fifteen with the thing is Merlot Powerless. I'm like, oh my god! Like I've actually spent way more time this season just watching Hearthstone be played as opposed Watch to playing them, it man. myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah on, honestly, like yeah. I've just been looking at Twitter where everyone's been tweeting in terms of lists and where they're placing and just watching a lot of streams and obviously, you know, the few tournaments that have been knocking about. But mm-hmm. it's it's been kind of nuts just to see how quickly the the flick between the, the best deck to play on ladder is. It's, so how long, before, how long before people actually start tweeting fake decks you know oh, that, that, in, in a oh, that. that's, Saddle, that's right up your alley man how long is it going to take before that happens yeah yeah you like you like short a deck right to follow the, the stock market <laughs> analogy <laughs> that's exactly what you do you don't post that, that that one tweet you don't post your actual legend ranking you just post a deck and then you're like oh yeah i'm gonna count you have to come up with like something right on the line where it's believable that you you hit like top five with that deck like it can't be so bad it has to be like that right read on a good mm. deck that's just bad for the meta right now and you're like yeah top five easy everyone should play this and <laughs> watch the ranks rolling even evil genius once we get to that point uh Bagar, you're gonna say something uh right before this um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I, I, people should be careful at like just copying a deck that's one t- tweets. It's uh, it's really crazy how fast people like using these decks and play them on ladder. Like mm-hmm. it's usually already too late as soon as someone posted the deck. It's like Raven said, uh, someone posted like a good Murloc Paladin top twenty legend. Like it's like the time you need to copy the deck and uh, and put it in, in your collection and queue it up, you will already face a Merlot Paladin mirror. It's, so it's... basically, you see the tweet, then you counter it instantly. Hungry crabs, go! This gives yeah. me a good idea for Aegis Reef. I need to make something that literally, it, it uses the Twitter API just, just to follow all the players. And when somebody tweets it, we, we, we like give a deck that you should be playing against that deck or whatever. Yeah. So it'd be instantly a counter to that's, it. That's really good, good yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, you know, tonight's going to be Watchstone, of course, if you're into all that. You know, definitely go check out uh, the streams as all the players wind down and it gets really tight. Last last uh, month, it was super stressful, like watching or listening to some of these players um, and, and making the decision whether to play or not at the end. I think a lot of people just um, squatted earlier than they would normally squat last month so i wonder if it's gonna happen again actually gara you were relaxed last month because you were done like really really far in advance it, as like last month was similar like asia is so hard like in comparison <laughs> but i still spent like 2000 games on asia and then i played the same like oh man i got like to top 200 then i played the same deck on the and i got to top 10 in like three hours with like eighty percent win rate, and I'm like, how is that possible? Like, Amazing. how is it so much easier? It's I, I think it's not because the people play worse. People play like different decks. I think people are more relaxed and like they still try hard, but they have like more fun. Like on on NA, they really play like Secret Hunter and you know all sorts of different. I just faced a warlock that had every tech card. He had the the Dragon Slayer. Is mm-hmm. it Dragon Slayer, yep. the free mana guy? He, yeah. he had two Hungry Crabs, two Dragon Slayers, two Ooze, two Eater. The, the, hate, the hate deck. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, and he was yeah, top 200 legend. Up. Like, you would never face that on Asia, ever. It's like, I don't know. How... Crane that you, you queued into. Fun fact. <laughs> Played against Crane. Yeah. Play that, Crane. That, that gives me an idea for a new Twitter account, right? 
All I'm going to do is, you know the way we run about who, these your top players tweet a list, top 10 legend, top 5 legend, whatever. Right, right. All I'm going to do is get a deck that just destroys that list and just co- answer, comment, use this list to beat the above. And then just <laughs> on every single player's deck post that I see, and just be like, I'll just go to Arian's Twitter and just just, just comment on every single one, use this list to beat this. This list <laughs> oh, God, this. Every single terrible. time. He's so obnoxious. Raven, the Hearthstone assassin. <laughs> so, <laughs> the hater of all Hearthstone. Do you want to uh, beat all these pros and their cool lists? <laughs> Use these. <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, see, another bit of thing that happened this week was that uh, all the packs, you know, the year of the Mammoth pack, uh, whatever you call it, sweepstakes, right? Uh, ended up resolving or they ended up picking all the winners. And I actually was a winner of one of the the single, you know, the three packs. You get one of each. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, cool. yeah. I didn't even realize. And then my son's like, oh, I think you won. I'm like, what? And, and <laughs> I don't know how he knew because he he's not, you know, my account's like on, on my PC, but he somehow he knew that I, I'd won the pack. I'm like, what are you even talking about? Because I totally forgot about it. And then I look and I'm like, oh, wow. I saw the email that I'm actually one of the sweepstakes winners. So I'm assuming you guys didn't win or didn't. Didn't partake in or didn't get any of the. Mm-hmm. the I, I, uh, I might have actually. When when did the packs get awarded? Because I haven't logged in last, like since I was in Sydney. Because I traveled home I and then basically late last week. until now. Yeah, it was, okay, it was definitely no, after our, our show last week because we hadn't seen it yet. So I think it was like probably Friday or Thursday or Friday or something like that. I I generally never really pay attention to quests. If if they get done when I'm playing, great. If they don't, they well, sit in my quest log for weeks. <laughs> so I I probably did like four entries over the month or however long it was so yeah, yeah. yeah i don't think i would i think i got probably got like 10 or 11 i don't think i did it every single day like during the 14 days but pretty cool it actually is real guys i can at least <laughs> confirm the the one where you get three packs is real <laughs> no it's like the three thousand one. i don't know if they ended up announcing or making a big uh deal out of the the grand prize winner but apparently they awarded it last week too so pretty cool uh, Wild Arena, you guys played any of it lately? I, I was talking to Crip a little bit about it the other day, but um, you guys get a chance to try out the old school arena, basically, uh, with all the wild cards back in it. I did. I, I played am. one or two runs while I was in Sydney, I mm-hmm. think, um, and like I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't actually liked Arena that much since it swapped over to Standard. Really? I used to play, I used to play a ton of Arena like way back in the day. I can't put my finger on what exactly went wrong with standard maybe it was just because they kind of the idea itself was fine but they kept tweaking it too much like with the synergy picks and all that kind of stuff yeah. that came in like time after time um, but just resetting back to wild i had a i had a lot of fun with a couple of runs i did just you know fun stupid broken cards doing fun <laughs> stupid broken things yeah great. i am um, i did a run and it was just great to play mad scientist in hunter um so that yeah. was awesome but it, it's just i've been saying this i i've never really played a lot of arena i don't play a lot of arena i probably won't going forward but i do like that they'll just change it now and again that's all i ever want for any game i'll just keep it fresh do whatever you want to it but just change it and get, make it different for players because i know a lot of people who have been playing a lot of it have actually quite enjoyed it because it's, a, it's like a new meta again, right? It's almost like set rotation for us in standard. It's just new meta, new stuff to work out, new interactions to mess with. It's all the right things that they should keep doing to Arena, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the change is good. I mean, some changes haven't worked out, obviously, but I think just generally, hopefully they don't get away from from trying, at least, to change things. I think with the Wild thing, you know, I was talking to Crip uh, a little bit about it, and he just mentioned that 
he likes the standard one better just because um, the wild arena just goes back to just, you know, you, you don't try and predict anything. You just literally make the, the highest probable or highest probability play and that's it. That's all you do. So it's, it's not very interesting in that way. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's a refreshing for a lot of folks, especially folks that have probably been missing the wild one. It, it's probably been a, a nice way Also, to, there's to probably a lot of players who have never played with those cards. Oh, it's before. possible too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, there's new players playing Hearthstone every day. If they get a new arena where they're playing with cards that, let's be honest, like I imagine most Hearthstone players that are yeah. you know, new in the past six months, past year, don't give a crap about next cards or, you know, whatever, Blackrock. <laughs> So, no, you know what yeah, I mean? They're not going to spend yeah, exactly. money or time or packs yeah. on old cards they can't use in standard. So for them, just, hey, here's what, what Arena used to look like and what the game used to look like. You mm-hmm. know, enjoy for a bit. You know, why not? Yeah. See, I think that's a really good point from Crip as well. Like, that actually probably explains why I had more fun. Because um, I, when I used to play Arena before it went to standard, I had, like, a, I had a really high Arena average because it's... Again, I agree with that. You don't really have to play around anything or make reads. You just kind of make the statistically best play every single turn. And I was pretty good at doing that. And then when it switched over to standard, because I didn't have the time to invest in arena, I didn't really understand the arena meta, right? Which was actually necessary to be a high-level arena player. The card pool was narrow enough that you actually had to know which cards to play around and what was likely in specific mm-hmm. situations. Um, so yeah, I think Crips probably nailed it there, but that's the reason I do enjoy it because I'm <laughs> like I, I win more in Wild Arena. <laughs> right. Winning, winning fun, more right? usually so, equates to enjoying it more, so it oh. makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, well, let's go into the big news of the week, which is the Year of the Raven announcement. Uh, lots of goodies in here, lots of changes. Uh, kind of start off with probably the least, the one that people least care about, which is the new druid skin, Lenora. I mean, we've all been waiting for a druid skin, okay? I'm not saying Chan that Man, you, is waiting, but come on. You missed the what? trick. It's like, probably the bit that everyone least cared about, the name. The, okay, the name. Sorry, Come on! my bad. My bad. <laughs> well, you can get Lenora now uh, by winning um, 10 standard ranked or casual games. So you can't get it by playing wild games. You can only get it by playing standard <laughs> games, so make sure you do that, and then you'll unlock those. Um, uh, and then, let's see, the Hall of Fame. They announced the three inductees in the Hall of Fame. Like, this is actually a good thing <laughs> or something. It's always weird about the Hall of Fame because it's never a good feeling, or there's not a good connotation to it when Hall of Fame is supposed to be a good thing, right? Um, we got Ice Block, Cold Light Oracle, and Molten Giant. Uh, Ice Block was one that I think a lot of us were were, were predicting. Uh, Molten Giants, you know, one that a lot of people talked about. They finally did what we were hoping they would do, which is like revert back to uh, pre-buff stats, which <laughs> makes it pretty crazy and wild, uh, you know, moving forward. But Cold Light Oracle, that was a little bit surprising to me. Um, so why don't we kind of go through each of these and, um, you know, we'll start with Ice Block. Like, Gar, what do you think? Think about Ice Block. It's one that we were kind of anticipating. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Everyone kind of expected it. Yeah. Um. So um, I'm not a big a, f- a big fan of it because I really like control mage. I played like so much control mage. I played a lot of freeze mage. Like freeze mage got nerfed a bajillion times. Like the cards got nerfed and then the cards rotated out and then cards separated rotated out into Hall of Fame with the Icelands. Um. And now ice block is gone. When freeze mage is pretty much dead. Um. Like which other deck is currently playing Ice Block that is viable? Like the it's it feels kind of like a hex nerf uh, to me to be honest. It's like oh okay, a, one that was in the pipeline, class, right? But yeah, just like a sense. class, 
or like an archetype that is not even playable gets nerfed even for like like any control mage or freeze mage or whatever archetype in in that direction is completely unplayable with the like uh, the um, arcane artificial will not replace ice block i can yeah promise oh, wow. you that okay so it's wow. not an ice block that card is trash in comparison to an ice block to an actual ice Are block you- well, it's definitely not as good as Ice Block. No, I mean, I don't think anybody can argue no, that. But like, is it a good substitute for it? You know, no, God, of... no. Okay. Not, not even close. And like the icon, like Mitch has to get so many good cards. And we haven't seen that from Blizzard, like doing that, for example, Nerf Shaman. Like they just tend to give bad classes even more bad cards. I wouldn't even be surprised if Mage would just get like a bunch of random RNG cards with. Like that, oh, I don't know. You think Mage is in that bad, bad of shape? I don't I, think that it's in that. I mean, shape. Wow. Mage wow. will be a class that you just play like in a tempo way, an aggro way. I'm pretty sure. If I can't imagine like um, control mage being viable, like because a lot of the cards are already existing for the next year rotation, and you can't um, consistently use like Dragon's Fury as a removal card, for example, with Big Mage. Just it's not competitive enough. It can't can't be a tier one deck because of the RNG aspect. It can always be like you can push it to a tier two deck, you know, maybe tier two point five. Yeah, Yeah, but it's like for competitive hearts. It's not. I I always speak from a competitive uh, perspective. I'm I'm pretty sure you can play freeze shaman, but it's not like a competitive deck. Uh, (laughs) Come on, we're talking like we're comparing freeze shaman to freeze mage now. I mean, you're removing right removing ice block is a huge hit okay like what route you want to go for like you can't go for the burn route like all the burn cards got nerfed all the freeze cards got nerfed and if you lose ice block as well like yeah how are you going to build the deck well ice block is the foundation um, of it right like staying alive has always been the foundation but for for my uh speculation um is that i actually think that if ice block stayed in and it means that they almost can't release any more defensive cards for mage because you look at some of the, you look at, uh, you know, maybe not today, but recently like Nazoth mage matchups, right? Ice block, Jaina, Arcane Artificer, and all the removal. And though like almost no one was beating that style of mage in a control matchup, right? But then because these rotations are going to, sorry, these hall of fame are going to happen when the new expansion hits. If they release any more sort of outlasting or defensive tools for mage, you'll just never be able to kill a mage. So I, th- I think that's why they might have done it. And again, just I think it's fair to mention that I believe Broad said in an interview that they're looking at adding in back in some mage cards from other sets that have rotated out to sort of make up for the ice lance, ice block sort of Flame Waker. being removed now. <laughs> also, that would be <laughs> sick. Oh my god, Flame Waker. <laughs> I want to add, like, I, I don't want to, like, uh, be completely wrong. It could be that they push Big Spell Mage because it is, like, sort of playable. And you could okay. play the deck right now without Ice Block. That they give it, like, one or two really good cards for the archetype. Then I can see that. And, and that's what I mean. Like, if they gave him those cards mm-hmm. and left Ice Block in, it's like, yeah. oh, no, nothing ever beats that deck. No. Surprise, surprise, Soul disagrees with Raven and agrees with Gara. Um, I <laughs> see, I agree with everything Gara said about if you take Ice Block out of the game, like whatever defensive tools you print aren't viable replacements because it changes the philosophy of a deck to just replace Ice Block with healing or taunt or whatever else because. Mm-hmm. 
Ice Block is actually a card that lets you say, I'm okay with dying, right? And then those other defensive cards are actually necessary partners for that, right? Either you're on the burn plan, like the Freeze Mage plan or the Tempo Mage plan, where it's Ice Block, guaranteed turn, then I Pyroblast you or whatever else, right? Or if you're playing fully defensive, like an Azoth Mage or a big Spell Mage, you're okay with dying and you're using that turn to die to gain control of the board, right? Clear your opponent's board, exhaust them of resources. Then when they're out of resources, defensive tools, your Artificer, your big Taunt Minions, your Alexstrasza self, that kind of stuff, that's when that comes into play and you restabilize. So it's not enough to say that like you can replace one with the other. Mm -hmm. Defensive Mage is generally so bad that you've needed both of those options to make to make it stable. And with just one or the other, it's not it's not going to be good enough going forward. So I actually agree with Gara that we if we see Mage in the future, we're going to be seeing Mana Worm Mage, which I would oh, I, I would mean, much rather personally play a game without Mana Worm than without Ice Block. Maybe everyone I, disagrees. I think they can make a variation of Ice Block, like in the upcoming expansion. Um, I don't think it's impossible to do so. So it really just depends on what the new cards look like in this, this I, new experience. I will say I would have been happy if Ice Block just became Evasion. Like, I, okay. I think that would have been fine. You can take a you hit and a then you better. become immune. Yeah, you just have to time because it Because then it's not as like derpy as, ah, oh, he's got two Ice Blocks. It's just guaranteed two more turns. Then I lose. You know, like yeah. that kind of feeling as a player. Um, whereas Evasion is something a bit more to consider. And it's not mm -hmm. quite as powerful, but I, I think something did need to be do done about Ice Block because stuff like Quest Mage and, and decks like that are just yeah. Quest Mage is the biggest unfun. culprit, I think, yeah. uh, of unfun or at least what they classify as as not interactive decks. And Ice Block being a you know ma major proponent in that, just like it has been with Freeze Mage in the past. All right, let's move on also, to the next one. Oh, go ahead, Gar. You have the last last uh, thing. Also, I'm like I'm a bit sad. I wish they would focus more on class identity. Like go back to that. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Mm -hmm. in the beginning, you could really tell. Okay, I'm playing a hunter class. It's so much different than all the other classes. For example, like warrior used to be the armor and weapon class. Now warrior has the weakest weapons in the game, and druid has like twenty times more armor than warrior. And and like when mage loses ice block, then it kind of becomes like a very similar deck. I feel like you know every yeah, class is true. getting secrets now and and whatnot it's, well I, i've always you know, i was always hoping that at some point we would i don't know have a hearthstone where like a mage for instance like you could actually build a freeze mage or you could build a fire mage or an arcane mage and not just have just a bunch of these spells just jumbled together you know and and, and coming across like that maybe have some synergies even within that I guess maybe kind of like we have with the tribe system, but you know, like an, another subclass almost to to these classes. But Wait, um, so, hang on. can we can we just clarify for the the non role player here? Like certain certain spells that are cards in Hearthstone wouldn't be available unless you were a certain. Oh spell? yeah, wow. so basically in, in WoW, every yeah. class has three specs. Yeah, you have certain spells based on those specs. Fire, yeah. uh, not so much fireball, but like pyroblast is a fire mage spell. Yeah, or the, I think even the power, like even upgrading some of them too, right? So it's it's availability, and I think even power of some of them. But um, so I don't know how we would accomplish that in Hearthstone, but at least maybe synergies or something like that. But it would have been cool, like it, it's there, you know, like it's I already been. I have a cool idea. Yeah, 
if you go like a spec, for example, you can still use all cards, but they're less effective. Let's say you're a fire mage and you use fireball, it does seven damage. But if you're an arcane mage, oh you do six damage. <laughs> I should design Hearthstone card. <laughs> that would be like a, a quest card, right? You play on like turn one for one mana, and then that's, that's like right. your spec for the rest of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, it could. Oh, that's a that's a model, obviously, that's in place right now. Maybe you could do something like that. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the next card. Let's go to let's go to Molten Giant. Just given that uh, we'll save Cold Light, Cold Light Oracle for the end. <laughs> so Molten Giant, um, I don't think anybody's been playing it anyways. Like, is this that big a deal Like that uh, we're getting rid of this card? It, yes, it's, it's a huge deal. deal. In a different is it? Way. It's okay, an okay, astronomical okay. deal. Okay, because it's... Oh, right. I think, we, that's... I think you're cutting out a little bit. Uh, so I'll turn, turn your sensitivity up. Yeah, turn your sensitivity like all the way down on your... Uh, uh, input sensitivity the, thing. The most important part you said cut out. <laughs> I know. You're like making a huge statement. It's like, oh, he's lip syncing. So <laughs> I should have voiced it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I've turned it down. Should okay. be better now. Okay. So, what um, was your point there? Big deal because it sets a precedent for the future, right? Where now a lot of the cards that people have identified with and had fun with that have been torn away from them because they've got nerfed, rightly or wrongly, now that can actually potentially go back into wild in their original form, which is oh, okay. super nice, sure. right? Mm -hmm. um, personally, from my hugely biased perspective, this is going to mean a year-long campaign to get Warsong Commander unnerfed and put into wild so that I can play Patron Warrior again, which is the greatest deck in Hearthstone history, cruelly taken away from us far too young by our evil overlord, Ben Brode. <laughs> That is why it's a big deal. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, patron warrior. I mean, there was even there was even a combo warrior before that that you could do with with war song and molten giant. So there's all kinds but, of abusive things you can do with the original molten giant. I do think as that, a, like, oh sorry, go on. The, as a more serious point, which might like annoy players who who take wild very seriously, like competitive players in wild. For me, I would love to see Wild just be like the degenerate format, right? With the like the clues, the clues in the name, where just all the nonsense happens. Every single deck is broken, and you're just seeing like titans go up against each other, and like what absolute yeah. chaos you can create. So but that only I, lasts for like a week. I mean, with net decking and everything, it, it it ends up just being one deck that oppresses the entire thing, right? When thousands of cards are in the format with the all interact with each other in a weird way, you don't think like new broken stuff can get discovered like on an evolving basis? I, I think it doesn't because because of the power creeping, right? In standard as well. It surprised me how crazy the power creep is in standard, even though we have the rotations, right? Like you can see in Wild that most of the cards that are the best cards in standard are also the best cards in in in, in Wild. It was like uh, the case with Corridor Creeper and and a lot of other cards like patches like the the currently best cards in standard are also the best cards in wild and i think like if we get death knights okay what is after death knights we can only speculate right what if there's like okay there were legendary weapons and then some super mega ultra crazy card right people will play that also in wild as the best card and i think that if blizzard continues that trend it will always be the case for for me yeah, it's like in, in... point to that real quick is like one of the best cards in wild right now is naga sea witch which was literally <laughs> never played in standard oh, right so it does go to show that it's possible yeah. right for yeah. like wild to just find like new cool broken things uh, I mean, also as well is anything like, 
<laughs> is anything realistically going to replace like Emperor Thorison soon or, you know, Lotheb very soon? Because those powers are insane. Yeah, and I, if they print anything like that going forward, well, great in, in my opinion, but, you know, in, in general, there's probably not going to be another Lotheb or another Emperor in terms of power level. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, to your point, Saddle, there's more combinations of decks that you can do. It's just, I, I think from a relative standpoint, it's not as great as that. Like, because there's always going to be some kind of base established. When Wild first comes out, of course, it's like crazy. And it's going to be like a year reset for standard and even crazier because there's even more cards. But once things start establishing, once the meta is there, then it's not that much different than what happens in standard. When new cards come out, then they compare that to that meta. And you know what I mean? So it, it, the whole Wild thing it doesn't isn't that different from a meta standpoint it's just there's more cards that's it you know and that's fine yeah you know, mm. so it, it you know if it becomes degenerate it's going to be just like one deck in standard oppressing it it'll be the same thing it's just it's a little it take, might take a little bit longer to get to that point um but anyways yeah molten giant other than that i mean any effects on standard outside of like has there been a deck recently that we've played with Molten in it? Like, ever I mean, since the nerf? I, I don't think I so. I mean, you think about Molten Giant, you think about Warlock. Warlock just has better cards than Molten Giant now, so who cares? Like, <laughs> I think that's the main issue for me. Warlock just has better cards, and that's the only class that really plays with its health to it to that kind of extent. Yeah. Actually, okay, makes uh, a uh, Naga Sea Witch was changed when it was put into Wild, so that's why it gets played now, right? The Giant's interaction is now completely different than it used to be. So, dude, yeah, you can play all the Giants on the board. Like, we, we had a... We had a, what was it called? Host challenge one time where it's like you had to get all like seven giants on the board and take a screenshot of it. Uh, that was actually pretty difficult, but uh, very doable though, if you guys ever want to try it. Um, all right, Cold Light Oracle. So this one was, I think, a little bit more of a surprise, or at least people weren't expecting. I think people were, in, uh, were talking about Wild Growth and, and some of the other cards, but it ends up being Cold Light Oracle. So for all the mill fans out there, you know, we're going to have to figure out a different way to to figure out how to mill our opponents to death. Uh, thoughts on Cold Light Oracle? Uh, Sodom, let's start with you. Um, I'm, I'm unsure. I, from the perspective that, you know, uh, the designers have always kind of had this mantra of, um, you know, interfering with what your opponent wants to do is, is a bad feeling for them, right? And Cold Light Oracle, you know, its primary usage now is milling cards from the opponent. Um, it's obviously a card that's designed to have a downside, which is, yes, it's insane card draw for you, but it's also card draw for your opponent. Um, but it's being used in a way where that downside is treated as an upside for the person using it. Uh, so I understand that from that perspective because they've generally tried to stay away from that. <laughs> Dirty rat. Um, <laughs> yeah. But aside from that, I don't see it as like enough of a problem where it would need to be rotated. Like... Someone someone made a comment to me that it feels like to have a significant number of cards going into the Hall of Fame, and they kind of just filled it up. Like they they knew they were doing Ice Block. Ice Block was the guaranteed candidate. Then they're like, oh, we can't just release like a blog post saying Ice Block is going to the Hall of Fame. Like we need to do more than that, right? And it it feels like the other two were so underwhelming just because they were filling Brilliant. spots, like change for the sake of change, kind of thing, you know? So. Obviously, I have no idea whether that's true or not, and I can't speak for their motivations, but it, it really does feel that way a little bit to me. Okay. I've got a different theory. Um, and I'm all, I may as well repeat almost what I said about Azure Drake in, in Last Hall of Fame. I think they're genuinely worried about in a game that only has a 30-card deck of 
if if cold light is in now and doesn't go it's in for another few years right uh you know another year whatever at least um and i think they're generally worried about decks that just cycle through the deck in like six seven eight nine turns you know similar to previous raza priest when the deck evolved to just every single draw card you can play plus these two three cards that kill them you know and and i think they did the same with azure drake plus azure drake was just a solid card anyway but that these are neutral card draw effects that are quite powerful they've done twice now and i think it's like well look at another year of card draw right you know another year three more expansions with cards that draw cards for your classes or neutral and it's like if you continue to stack and stack and stack we will probably see more decks like uh, Raza Priest, where you just say every single card will cycle. Uh, maybe not to that power level, but every single card will cycle to get to like these three cards. And I generally think Blizzard don't want that because it's twice, two times in a row now that they've like removed a, a neutral draw card from the game. I mean, Cold Light wasn't used in a lot of those decks that you're, you know, like like Highlander Priest. Like we didn't use Cold Light in that, you know. So the no, draw- but, but you, yes, we did. But the thing- Okay. Uh, some players, some players, okay. some players, okay. some listed, yeah. yeah but okay. but um, it's it's mainly it's 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 an option, right? If they release more cards this year, that mm-hmm. card draw, and then there's still cold light to draw two more, you know, on top of that yeah. as an option. Mm-hmm. I think I think like that's generally something they worry about is just a, a 25 card draw deck or something. So they want to make, I, they wanna make I, another Aluneth, basically. Is <laughs> what you're saying? It's seriously, like don't. Be that as a problem. That's not how you build a Hearthstone deck, though, yeah. right? You can't just have twenty cards in your deck that draw cards because your opponent will just play a minion on one, a minion on two, and a minion on three, and then you're dead because you've got no cards in your deck yeah. that stop Tempo's, you from dying. Tempo Stone. I mean, that's just you got it is, like right? you've only got like eight slots in your deck that can go to card draw cards anyway. If you look at like Raza Priest, that's pretty much what they played, and the rest was removal. You know, you can't just fill your deck with card draw. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not how you right, play Gar, Gar looks like he's dying to say something here about it. <laughs> so I can do like an in-depth analysis about the Collide Oracle, but then I always go back to thinking like Blizzard's uh, reasoning behind nerfing Warrex. It's too confusing for players. It's like, is Blizzard really thinking that uh, complex? Um, I think it's, um, first of all, there's like multiple reasons. I think it's extremely frustrating to play against Colored Oracle with any control deck. It's like when you are in an actual game, it's very extremely hard to play against it. Um, in Against uh, the decks that play Colored Oracle, like Freeze Mage or Quest Mage mainly. Uh, that just freezes your board and plays Collide Oracle, what you're going to do about it as a control deck, or against like a Mirror Rock or whatever. And I think it, um, they have problems with pushing new archetypes. I think especially Rogue. Um, I think they're really trying to push Rogue into, you know, in a new direction with like the, the, the Kingsbane Rogue. And they hate to see that people always come back to using Collide Oracle, especially in Rogue. Like, like it's... It's hard to print different cards that are better, like especially when they wanna like get give uh, Miracle or um, Kingspan Rock new cards, right? It will be too broken probably, especially with Color Oracle. Like, how do you make a better card than Color Oracle, which you can just shadow step always, like prep vanish? It's like it's a, it's a definitely a problem, I think, going forward. I and think also, it, it's like w- w- even. Even Kingsbane now, I'm not saying it's insanely strong, but it's extremely infuriating to play against, like you mentioned, that you almost feel like, well, yeah. with Saps Vanishes and the insane card draw, I may as well sit here and just press end turn every 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 time. And that's yeah. like 
you know, the unfun thing, right? For the, the Blizzard talk about quite a lot as an unfun right. thing to play. But yeah, I, I agree. Like three, I mean, three could, mana draw two cards and fuck your opponent over. Yeah, but that's I mean that particular case, that's a really excellent point, Gara. But the the main like, issue with that is just it's a battle cry. You know, if they would have changed the draw to be something different, then yeah, that's the it, problem. Yeah, as well. I mean, it it could have just been changed like that. Um, draw then two. Then it would have been a totally. I'll draw two for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh god. <laughs> that would, like maybe, you can't print yeah. any card for Kingspan Rock right now. I'm pretty sure. Else, I think it would be completely broken. If Great, it's broke, super close right now. Yeah. 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 Super yeah. close to the line at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that is a frustrating deck to play against for sure. Um, all right. Well, we'll have to see what what comes what comes out this again. This expansion to see what helps. You know, Gadgetstan's still there. You know, if we're talking about card drawing cards, right? Like Gadgetstan. Can we talk about something there. important? I think ninety percent of the people um, that I talked to and, and like following Reddit and stuff, yeah. almost everyone expected a Doomguard uh, Doom Hall of Fame rotation. Yeah, there's more. Or yeah, any card from Warlock. I, yeah. I I as soon as the um, <laughs> the nerfs were announced. Um, I said straight away, the only explanation can be a Doomguard Hall of Fame. That's the only thing that made sense to me with how powerful Warlock looked and how powerful Warlock is. Nothing. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually surprised it was only three, too. Like, I, I felt like I was expecting four cards to be um, sent to Hall of Fame here. So, um, I don't know, your theory actually, about just maybe throwing in two cards might actually be right. You know, those are just like cards in the pipeline that just weren't... Uh, this Oracle maybe seemed a bit more timed, but, you know, Melon Giant didn't really seem like... It, or, sorry, Melon Giant didn't seem like anything. I personally would have been okay if they'd have just come out and say, hey, we think we think the standard set... Is, uh, sorry, the, the basic set is... A classic set, third time lucky, um, is <laughs> pretty good place as it is. We're actually not going to Hall of Fame any cards. I would have accepted that. I think most yeah. players would not have. They would have looked and, well, that's just lazy. Like, you know, change the game. This card sucks. This card sucks. But there's a long list of cards that I would have expected to see before Cold Light Oracle or the Molten Giant thing. Yeah. Like, you know, Doomguard is one of them. Wild Growth, Backstab, like so many cards that have been like completely ubiquitous to like the classes that they're involved in since the beginning of time. So. Well, so that's the thing. Like they, bit. they say the reason why they do some, like get rid of some of them, is because it's played too often. But then, you know, there are definitely cards that are played just as often that they don't do anything about. But, so it's but yeah, it, it's it, they they deal with the cards that are in the middle, right? Because can you ever see them saying, "Oh, Mage is not going to have Fireball anymore"? Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. such a, a core concept, similar to Backstab, because because of the the Backstab is the combo card, right? Backstab something, backstab something yeah. every single time. Oh, there's counterfeit coin, uh, or at least and, there was, but yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, yes. as the classic set, I mean, it's like the the combo activator is backstab, rogues backstab, mages throw fireballs, where stuff like ice lance, and, and you know, like eh, you know, you can get away with those. But I think they'll always try and hit the, the middle ground ones, as opposed to again the wild growth, which is just another. May, maybe they become too staple. In, in the class to actually remove or, or, you know, do whatever with. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the Hall of Fame. And uh, the next huge announcement was that we're getting in, we're getting in game tournaments. Wow. Like, I didn't expect this to happen so soon. <laughs> and we've been waiting years for this. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's huge news. You're going to be able to create a tournament and invite, you know, I think people from your friends list 
to these tournaments. Uh, and then it will verify decks, I think is what they said. You know, they'll, they'll check mm-hmm. for the decks, um, at least in this first iteration. And then I, I don't know if, if there's any more specifics in terms of like what else is going to be in it. But, um, but this is great. You know, like, I think the most efficient way all of us have, have agreed, the most efficient way to set up a tournament and do all the vetting and, and just everything that's required to, in terms of organizing a tournament you know, would be most easily done inside the actual client itself. And I think this is the first step towards doing that. Uh, and from what I heard from Yang Wu, like, you know, on, on Twitter, is that this is just the first iteration. They're going to keep iterating through this thing. It's effectively beta, right, they said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, uh... Yeah. So this is awesome. Like, at least I can do tournaments like Firesides and, and maybe, you know, just some of these third-party type of tournaments. I don't know if it's going to be like HCT tournaments and things like that, but uh, friends tournament, you know, just like play with your friends and stuff like that. That's that's really, really cool. You know, first first step is the best way to put it because, again, it, it sets a really nice precedent, right? Because mm-hmm. all of the things that we call for of, you know, like deck list management in-game to avoid confusion, avoid cheating, all that kind of thing, um, you know, different reconnect features so that, you know, a a complete and utter land failure at a tournament doesn't cost anyone a game. There's no kicking the Ethernet cable out of your PC shenanigans going on anymore. (laughs) Like any any of those like tournament integrity, tournament quality of life improvements that we ask for, one of the very valid pushbacks that we've always got from the development team is, well, you know, for for the larger player base as a whole, those changes are unnecessary or they're confusing or they're actively detrimental if we just, you know, make the game work like that. Well, now we have like a separate ecosystem, right? We have a tournament mode in the game that they can just make the changes step by step to that mode and, you know, improve that as a quality of life thing going on for competitive players. Um, So it's a fantastic starting point. It's the most exciting thing for me about the whole announcement by far. Um, And I I, I can't wait for it to just get better and better as the year goes on. I also think as well, it's um, it's maybe not as good because people probably won't appreciate it as much. It's amazing for the pro scene, but it's amazing for new players as well. Like one of the questions I see the most is where do you even find tournaments? Can you even play in tournaments? So on, so on. I know Blizzard has been working to try and get this stuff out to players and to newer players. But the fact that you can say, oh, this tournament is in-game. You know, you just you just click on this stuff in-game. There's no, like, random websites you sign up to and, and you know, username, password, log in at the right time, click check-in, be there on time, find your opponent, match your opponent in-game separately from the website. You know, it's quite a big ask, actually, to, to, the, to the average player to even know how to approach a tournament whereas this is just accept these are the decks go <laughs> you know it's actually it's actually really nice to introduce a whole slew of new players into competitive hearthstone which is you know the, the more the more casual side benefit of this as well as obviously the high level competitive side that we all really care about yeah gara as a player uh, i can only agree with everything that has been said like i'm super excited for everything that blizzard is doing outside of in actual in-game balance like if imagine that was that was imagine imagine the actual game is good as well then holy smokes (laughs) oh my god okay no i mean it's it's great but there's a lot that can be improved like in in that regard no but i'm super excited especially for the ladder changes like it already started because um Asia already reset it. Like, it's such a great feeling, man. Being ranked four, you actually get the five stars. It's not just rank four. I think this was not. Oh, you not get guaranteed. five star rank four? 
you rank four five, uh, with five stars. It's like wow, it's nuts. Okay, that's nice. You're you're essentially like rank three then. <laughs> yeah, really close. Okay, it's 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 super it's super exciting. Like because you have honestly, I think what people really underestimate is the mentality change you have. Like right now, when I start a new month, I'm like actually kind of pissed at Hearthstone because I know, oh my god, I have to play. Yeah. a thousand games to get legend on all free servers yeah. like if you want to be competitive you kind of have to do it but now you're like you have so much more fun playing the game because you have to like grind less yeah like and then every other bonus change you get with oh i think i am uh, you're gonna talk about the quests um yeah yeah in a second bit, right? yeah all right no the changes are I, awesome i think yeah. as well like considering we're what two just just two months into the year and we've got the new ladder system they're announced. They've announced yeah, tournament mode. Yeah. You know, HCT is looking really good so far. There's, there's definitely been issues with the qualifiers and such, but you know, teething problems, of course. But again, just having so many events so far. We talk about one in a minute, and, and like this, this is February. They're going to announce a new expansion next month, and their oh. rotation, of course. Like this is shaping up to be pretty damn good. And it's I mean, February. Like keep, keep it coming, Blizzard. That's all I want to say. Yeah, this last year has been amazing i think in terms of uh you know harsh the hearthstone team doing a lot of things taking some chances you know things that we were hoping they would do making changes and kind of getting back to this tournament thing you know just kind of wrap it up is that um you know i think the biggest thing to take from this is that this is step one because you know things like having pre-made tournaments in the game that like you know a lot of people like want the ladder system to maybe even turn into eventually that's in the future, like, you know, once they, like, test out this kind of standalone type of tournament function, then I think building this out into something that's a bit more automated is going to be, you know, much, much more better. So, um, you know, I, that's what I'm excited for. I just hope this, like, the community kind of, like, is patient with them with this. You know, if it doesn't go super well in the very beginning, you know, obviously they're going to iterate through this and, and get it to that point. But once it is stable, then, man, it's going to be killer, I think, once uh, we, we see you know, a whole tournament section on the main menu that you can go and join any tournament, you know, and once it fills up, you play like an eight-man tournament or a format, whatever. That's in the on the horizon, guys, and that's very, very exciting to think about. Um, all right, next thing, faster quests, kind of what uh, um, uh, Gar was just alluding to. So all the folks that are really frustrated with or, or have been having a hard time, you know, doing things like playing, I don't know, 50 class cards or getting you know 20 minions that cost you know five or more well it's a lot less now so you're going to be uh, the quests are actually going to be easier to complete and then some of them you're actually going to get more rewards so uh you know another instance that they're going to be uh you know giving us something cool here and um you know that's cool i mean I, there's nothing really to complain about I, here right guys i mean you guys I will say, really upset that the quests are harder to do now <laughs> i i will say when i glanced at this i thought they meant the cards I was like, are you telling me Quest Mage can do it in three random spells now? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> and, then, and then I read it, I was like, oh, God, thank, thank God. Thank God. I'm okay again. For a second there, I was like, not like this, Blizzard. Not after so much yeah. good news. No way. No way. <laughs> it was just because I just glanced at quicker quests, yeah, yeah. and I was like, well, no one's no. playing quests at the moment. Maybe oh, they're buffing God. them. I was like, no. <laughs> the Druid quest. <laughs> <laughs> Statements like no one's playing quest. Wait till we get to HCT City. Yeah, so exactly. Very good. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I, was, I just want to say about it. Like, there will be complaints. There will be complaints that this is not enough because you know, essentially, essentially, what this is is you know, Blizzard giving a nod to like, hey, here's some more free stuff to help you play this game for free. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of complaints right now about you know the 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 financial barrier to entry to play Hearthstone at a mm-hmm. significant level. Um, and it's something that you know I've I've spoken to developers and stuff about. Like, do, you know, does this concern you? Is it something that you're thinking about? And you know, it absolutely is. But at the same time, you know, they it, everything that they are willing to do to help you play the game for free is pure charity from Blizzard. Right? That's what you have yeah. to understand. They have no obligation to let you, as a consumer, play their game, which is supposed to make them money for free. Um, so them doing this is fantastic, but. You said well, that there won't be any complaints. I guarantee you that there will. Why isn't it a million that, gold a quest? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's like you know, that, that's just a constant. There's always going to be complaints. I guess the yeah. real question is, is, you know, are they doing this, you know, because of maybe something they see in numbers, or are they doing this purely because of you know just our reactions? Probably. Yeah, I mean, there, there there comes a point where it's uh, you know, it's it's a it's a balancing scales kind of thing, right? Where mm-hmm. Obviously, like I'm going to be talking purely cynically, and I will clarify this from the start that this Are is clearly cynic? my really just my my understanding of how business works, and is in no way reflected in the opinions of Blizzard, Activision Entertainment. Um, but uh, point right where like the amount of money you force someone to put into your game to play it successfully. Uh, ends up making you less money because the players aren't having a good time because of the barrier to entry, and then you hemorrhage users. You know, a, a third, 50 million users spending less money will make you more money than 10 million users making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it's different in some free-to-play worlds that are, like, fully uh, built around whales, like, just sinking thousands of dollars into their game. But I don't, games. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> You know, Hearthstone's business model is like that. So if it does reach the point where the player experience just becomes too toxic and people just aren't having fun playing the game anymore because the grind is too heavy, that's when you'll generally see companies like make the barrier, like remove some of the barrier to entry. So it's yeah. probably what we're seeing a little bit of here. Okay, well, last bit of this announcement is uh, they get, they teased some of the expansions. So I figured uh, I want to see if any predictions as to what the themes might be for these expansions because they're they're significant. They show the stones here, and you know, like on the planks. And I don't know that that first one looks viney, maybe a force of some sort. I don't know. I can't really. It the first really one looks like Naga to me, Naga? like Ajara or something like that. Oh, it's like okay. watery and and yeah. like you know like weeds sort of thing. And they've not really done Naga yet. Not not like yes, there are Naga cards, but they've done nothing to do with Naga. Like uh, you know, Lady Vash and stuff like that. I would have guessed Pandaria, kind of like monks ish. Think so, monks. Okay. In the direction, like it's like when I looked at the shape and the color and and wood ish kind of. Yeah. Okay. But that's... Naga makes sense too. But uh, to dedicate an expansion to Naga, it's gonna like. Well, there's tons, of, tons of stuff around <laughs> yes. Naga though. That's the thing, or at least the fight, anyway. But uh, I want to hear what Saul thinks it's gonna be with all his law knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm AFK throughout this entire discussion. I have, I have no idea. I, I like the pinky purple one. That's pretty. That's. that's <laughs> oh my god! That's all we're gonna get from there. Okay. Can't the wait for some like. One. All right. Holmes work like in depth analysis of all the colors and shapes and <laughs> yeah, yeah the, like, i like the last one the last one has like this discoloration in the plank itself so i'm wondering if that's 
another another pirate expansion. Yeah, exactly. A sea related. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, I I re- I think a lot of people are talking about the middle one. Um, because it seems the most obvious. Uh, with like say the Netherstorm or you know Ethereals. I hope it's Ethereals because I I like those characters. They're awesome. Uh, but yeah, something to do with with the void, uh, Netherstorm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ethereals, whatever. So I think that one seems the most obvious. It looks like void energy. Um, yeah. But the the first and the third one, I mean, the third <laughs> one could be a Murloc expansion for all we know. Murloc expansion. There was a Murloc don't, expansion don't, in Wild TCG, I think. Don't get everybody too excited about that. <laughs> Every time we think that Murlocs, well, actually, Murlocs and Paladin are okay, but Murlocs and Shaman—that—that's—that's that's what we're we're waiting for. It's been close. It's been oh, kind of close, may, right? Maybe, the, maybe the last one's Naga, also you know, the watery sort of Naga, whatever. The first one might be something like, um, like undead, or like, like, like maybe like Duskwood or something. You know, like that kind of. Uh, uh, it looks like kind of like dead, dead trees maybe. or something. I don't know. It's not. It's not I, gray I, enough for me to think that they're dead trees. I find it interesting that like all expansion are already like um, kind of like in out. the works They're or whatever. Out already, like or at least the team. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned yeah. they they're working already on the on the cards for the third expansion. Mm. Yeah. That's well, crazy that's how to it think is, about. Right? Yeah, it's always seven months in advance or something right now. They're always it's, like ahead of the. It's pretty far in advance. Yeah. 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 I don't think they're um, putting the last polishing touches on the expansion they're <laughs> announcing next month, for example. You know, that's coming out probably the month after. Like, oh, we've still got 50 yeah. cards to make. Crap. You know, it's like, I imagine yeah. they're a little bit further ahead. All right, we'll move on so Sala can join back in the discussion. <laughs> but before we do, I want to give a shout out to some of the folks that have been supporting the show for a long time. Of course, that's our patrons. And if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash value town and throw a pledge away. It really helps us pay bills and keep this show going. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to some of the guy, the folks that have been doing it for a long time. Our producer, our legendary producers, Mike T and go tricks too. Uh, and then Bob K, Gary D, Bryce L, Dan S, Aaron B, Keepa, Greg S, John M, William R, Gandalf, the way, Risa, Michael S, Dale R, and Bradley M, just to name a few. Uh, thanks so much. And I uh, want to remind folks that you can find us on iTunes, too. So if you like the show, um, you know, leave us a, a review it, or a five-star review. It helps people find it when they're searching for uh, Hearthstone podcasts on iTunes. Uh, but well, let's talk about HCT Sydney, since uh, Saddle is uh, fresh off that trip over there and uh, um, was trying to catch as much as I could. But then I, I just kind of gave up trying to catch it live. So I just watched the VODs in the end. But man, what a wild <laughs> tournament. I mean... I, you know, I had the suspicion that we'd see some different decks, but I think the yeah. volume of how different, like, just just how the distribution was across the board was crazy. So, yeah, Sato, like, why don't you talk about that a little bit in terms of the, the event? Um, I mean, I, I don't say this lightly because I have done, I've done a ton of amazing Hearthstone events, but uh, the Sydney Tour Stop was genuinely one of my favorite events that I've, I've ever done. And that was, you know, from a game perspective, from an out of game perspective, the Sydney as a city was great. Uh, it was a super like laid back atmosphere at the whole event because um, there was no like um, separation backstage. Like most events has like a, a specialized like player practice area where the the eight or 16 players will just be like sat around pcs or whatever and then we'll have like a, a green room for the casters where we'll hang out and then production is somewhere else 
at Sydney, it was just one big backstage area with like beanbags laid out everywhere where everyone was sat at the <laughs> nice. same time. So nice. we were just all hanging out the whole time, just sat back there, like, you know, making fun of plays and, you know, calling out people on misplays of which there are many, which we will get to, I'm sure, in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a whole was fantastic. Um, I'm sure as a viewer, purely because of the meta that we ended up with. And what we ended up with was a meta, what you saw was like, a meta that occurs when everyone gets the meta wrong. Really? Okay. Came, okay. Yeah. So huh. what was happening is that everyone came with like a very, um, a lot of people brought just uh, like best decks, right? There was like six to eight players that just brought the best decks. Mm -hmm. Then the players that went next level all went next level in a completely different way. You know, some people were predict predicting a bunch of aggro, so they had a bunch of anti-aggro stuff. Some people had a bunch of tech cards for, like, decks that didn't appear. Some people were predicting that it was going to follow the copper trend of being, like, really heavy control. And that's why you saw all the control buster decks of, like, the quest decks and the <laughs> OTK decks and all that kind of madness come into play. But actually, in reality, like, none of those things happened because it was just a big mishmash of everything. So you saw just weird decks going up against each other where like their game plans weren't really built to beat each other. So everyone's having to like in invent stuff on the fly of how they win this matchup that they hadn't planned for. Like I was so much fun to cast more than anything. Cause I, it was a challenge to me, right. To actually like try and be insightful on these matchups that I've never <laughs> yeah, seen before, yeah. like on the fly. Yeah. It was, it was so much fun. It reminded me of like seat story or one of those tournaments that happened literally right after an expansion comes out and you see all these different decks playing against each other for the first time and no idea how they're going to turn out. Uh, so yeah, that was exciting given that it's so far into this expansion and that this can still happen. And this is an HCT event guys. I mean, this is, you know, people who are, have been studying the meta and are, are obviously one of the top players. So, uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm kind of showing the, the breakdown of the archetypes that we saw, um, during the tournament. Um, um, Q block most popular. I guess that's not not very surprising. Secret Mage and Merlockadin doing pretty well. Um, you know, tons of Priest. I, you know, Priest obviously is pretty good. But look at the Paladin distribution. There's five Paladins at the tournament. That's just you know that's Can insane. Nazoth Paladin was there with the the you know just the combo and stuff too. So it, it was uh, pretty wild. I need to ask a question to, to solve that. I've not actually asked yet, and I meant to the other day. Um, the, so I actually quite like the OTK Paladin, you know, the the, the sort of combo, whatever. Um, there was one running Togwoggle, if I'm correct. Really? I didn't see Why? that. One. Like, what, what was the purpose? It, no, okay, so his deck. I don't get it. <laughs> All right. Wait, who was it? Let me see this deck. It was it was Ghost Asser. Um, oh so his lineup as a whole was full anti-control. He had six Cold Light Oracles and two Naturalizers in his lineup. So he was he was basically anti-Warlock, right? He was going to burn cards from Warlock. His Paladin had like Outdoor Peacekeeper in there so he could beat Mountain Giant. He had double weapon destruction in every single deck so he could kill the so he could kill Skull of the Minari. He was all in on beating Warlock, right? It was like that frozen HCT strat that we we right. saw at like playoffs whenever it was way back. Um, I cast two series of that Togwaggle deck, and we could not tell you what that card is doing in there, even after like even watching understand. it play out the whole time. Yeah. It makes so it's not just no me. Sense. So it's not no. just me. Oh, Good. No, okay, for, for once. It's yeah. not just me. I was like, I don't even know what okay, deck you would want to swap with, and it's not a and not a mill deck either. So it's like. What are you trying well, the, to do? The, the problem for me is you play an eight mana five five 
and then they just play five mana and carry on with their life. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what I do. If it shuffled the ransom into the deck, that then we can talk, right? Here's, like, here's here is the best theory that TJ Tim and I could come up with, right? Oh God, TJ was involved in theories. <laughs> oh boy. This, I'll, I'll be honest. This is like eighty percent TJ. Um, so. This deck is even more all-in than regular, like, OTK Paladin, right? It's all card draw and neutralization and stall, and it's literally just draw, 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 hit you with a combo. That's, like, the only game plan to win. There's no, like, big boys and Nazoth and all that kind of nonsense. Right. So, point where you think that's not going to work, you then have a plan B of, like, King Mukla, your opponent, use the coin that you've been hoarding for, oh, like, your OTK, God. and then the, the, coin, the shit deck. Yeah. coin the top waggle for 11, and then burn the ransom card. It, it does sound like something TJ yes. would think of. <laughs> I mean, I think Jesus. it's legit. I think that's seriously, that's about the closest thing I can think of looking at this deck. Like, what else would it be? Yeah, and, and what I'll say to uh, you know, Grimly saying that, for adding a card to your opponent's hand, making it easier to mill them, if they don't play the Ransom, no, you need to mill them that turn because you're going to play the Ransom because you want your deck back. So you play but the Ghost, Ransom. Ghost Asa is a hero, man. Like, he's <laughs> oh, I, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I, mean, I just didn't it's get it. Epic, I just man. Didn't get it's it. definitely epic. And we got to give him credit for running that, yeah. But um, like, he went 3-0 he went through winners. No, he went 2-0 through winners. He got to third yeah, round true. winners before he lost. All because of King Togwaga. All because of King <laughs> How many times did he actually play King Togwaga? That, that's the key. Not right? once. Yeah, not once not in the once, tournament exactly. they hit the board. No. So it's, it's just there for memes, man. Totally there for memes. Um, but just kind of sum up the at least the results, and then we'll kind of get into some, maybe some of the epic uh, games. Um, Jack Attack ended up winning, uh, beating Odyssey 3-2 in the finals. And Jack Attack, man, with his smile, that guy just doesn't stop smiling when he plays Hearthstone. I've never seen a guy when bad things happen, when good things happen. He's just, he's like nodding and, and smiling like the entire time. So congrats to him for winning it. I think it was his first win ever, right? His first uh, event that he's ever won, I believe. Um, it's the first tournament he's played. Oh, he's played. Alone. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the, first one the, qualifier, the qualifier for this event was the first like competitive tournament that oh he entered. Oh, my God. Wow. Easy 100% tournament win. Rate. I, I yeah. genuinely want to put this out there because I'm sure there's like an attitude of, you know, guy comes out of nowhere and high rolls the whole tournament. Mm -hmm. I totally had that attitude too when he started winning because he was high rolling early on, like 100%. He was getting super lucky. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't playing badly. His just his decks were drawing in the right order, and he was winning games. Right, like that can just happen sometimes in Hearthstone. As the tournament went on, like his last two or three series, he played super well. That guy is actually a good player, and he's just a guy that was out there that's just never got into the competitive scene, never tryharded. He just showed up, and he just casually laid back, played great, brought good decks, won the tournament. Great. HCT qualifiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. right. <laughs> this is this is like that's a perfect amazing. story for Blizzard, and every man can can get there. It's, and also, he exactly was actually a lot of, is designed this way. He, he was actually a lot of fun to watch, which for yeah, me, sure. uh, I think players don't, or the average player, should I say, doesn't value highly enough. He is actually yeah. just an entertaining person to sit and watch. I wasn't, I couldn't watch the whole thing. The bits I watched when he was on, I was having fun regardless of what was happening because he was having fun, very obviously. So like that is something that I think uh, more players need to look at in yeah. terms of 
it's not only about how you play the game. Obviously, that is extremely important, but also how you come off to everyone else, right? If you know how you portray yourself, I think is super important. And he was a a lot of fun, so I was kind of rooting for him anyway, just based on him as a person. Never mind anything else. Right, Gara. How much training in front of the camera do you like when you're playing? Do you ever like try to pay attention to how you actually look so that you might be more entertaining to the viewers? Honestly, yeah. Especially recently. Oh, no, really? It, it, okay. it came to me recently because, like, it works with female. Like, you, yeah. like a lot of attractive Twitch streamer girls, they get, like, a lot sure. of more donations. But I feel like it's, my, it's probably the same with male streamers as well. Like, if someone is attractive, just even to <laughs> I males. Think so. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's on a subconscious level. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I don't know if you've misunderstood the question, Gara. <laughs> oh, what? No, no, no. I, I think mean, if you... Raven's been carried his whole career by being vaguely attractive. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Unbuttoned shirts and got a year named after me if no one knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I kind of get what your point is, but no, no, who's like, super attractive no, maybe, male? Maybe it came to me because, like... I was uh, actually watching like Lotus stream recently and he was like, how many people like watch and ask him for like, you know, style tips and, and, and. Oh, Lothar? Fitness tips oh, and so- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lothar. Well, I'll say, for, I'll say, for example, yeah. Lothar on Instagram quite a lot uploads pictures and of the outfits he's wearing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of like, like almost like fashion stuff and, and people like that sort of thing. But I, I just mean in general as well. I mean, you're a good example guy, right? Whenever I've interviewed you or whenever, you know, a bit seat story or whatever, whenever you get interviewed, you give quite an entertaining interview no matter what. Do you know what I mean? And and that that's valuable, though. Pe- people enjoy it, whether it's entertaining one way or the other, because I'm sure people enjoy, say, Sintel style of interview where he just talks to, talks to like you're a bloody idiot, basically. And, and, and people <laughs> like that, right? But And, and yeah. some people, yeah, exactly. And, and then people enjoy your style where you get very, you know, sort of... um. Uh, invested in it and get very uh what's the word looking for I, i'll say emotional but i don't mean that in a bad way do you know what i mean like when we were talking about the, the nerves and the cards before right you're clearly very invested and excited about stuff and people like that but i honestly feel there is a market out there for someone to train players to develop personality and how to act on camera oh, that, no that is a real job and someone needs to start selling that because that is extremely valuable. I think all teams, and I'm I'm pretty sure there are already teams that uh, plenty of teams oh, to do this, well, d- but should be like media training their players, uh, interview training them on how to how to like uh, you know make themselves bigger than uh, larger than life, basically. I mean, even Blizzard could do that. I mean, you guys got there like a week before the World Championships started, right? Like. Even just a day's worth of training can go a million miles in terms of it, having entertaining interviews and it generally baffles yourself. me yeah. that people don't turn up and play in costume or something. <laughs> I mean, well, it's because well, well, I, I mean, imagine. I no, get listen, it, listen, dude. Right? I totally get it. But Trinity, I mean, a lot Trinity of people will not go out that far to do that. Trinity series when Chucky had the Gul'dan yeah. robe, right? Yeah. If that wasn't Chucky and that was Bob, you know what I mean? Suddenly, everyone really likes Bob, you know, and remembers who he is, yeah, right? And I'm not saying you have to go super silly, but you know what I mean? It's just like, just things to really like put yourself out there and be remembered and noticeable and funny and interesting, one way they are the other. Yeah. I'm 100% with you on all of that up until the costume stuff <laughs> might just be a little bit too far. Dude, you like that... wrestling. How can you not like the costume idea? Uh, but like, as a, <laughs> as, a, as a point about that Chucky thing, like TJ told me this story at Sydney, actually, like, 
the reason why that works so well is that Chucky was completely prepared not to do it. He brought that right. costume with him, and it was only because he ended up coming sure, up. Sure, he sure, ended sure. coming up playing Warlock. It ended up being a really important match. Then he bust it out. Otherwise, he would have just packed it back in his suitcase and just gone sure, home sure. and not done it. You know, like. But I mean, the fact that that was even considered is what. Yeah, but will th that's make a lot different than just like dressing up as Jane, like Tyler dressing up as Jaina and going to his next tournament. You know, like <laughs> I don't think that would be quite the same. Um, it's. I, it it's actually such an interesting topic. I, the only people that I see doing that in esports right now are the casters, right? That are actually also improving. Yeah. It's only the casters. Like, why is that? But all the casters are like, I feel like are getting better, like in what they're doing. Like, well, they're dressing better. They're doing funnier stuff. They talk better in, ca uh, in front of camera. Yeah. Like, I can only see that with the casters, like improving. Like, why is that? Like. I mean, do they have to I, do it? You guys are having training. <laughs> because we've had media Yeah, training. you've had yeah. training. Yeah. That's why. I've had media yeah. But that's what I mean. I feel like like no one is, is telling players they should be doing it. I say it a lot. I say it to newer players I meet at, you know, like DreamHacks or whatever tournaments, newer players I talk to online. I'm like, just... It, it sounds harsh when you say just be interesting. It's not that. But just, just have fun and, and, and just get yourself across. And even if... It doesn't mean you have to be outgoing and super funny. You can be different, right? Just just play to your strengths and and push them out. You know, like if you if your strengths here when you're on camera, do it do it to this much instead, and and, and it will come off really well. You'll be more memorable. Uh, you'll gain a bigger fan base. People love you. People will be interested next time you're at a tournament. Yeah. And I feel like no one's telling people this. And it's well, crazy I think they, I think people hear so. it. It's just they don't know how to do it you know they actually have to be trained mm. how to do it that's true you know? that's and, that's true yeah there's a lot of people that like improv or something like almost like most of the population doesn't know how to do improv so they have to mm. be like shown how to do improv to a certain extent um and even on like the other side of it it's not even like raven was like touching on it there you don't have to be like a big super happy entertaining sure. personality right. right like if if you're you know if who you are is like and a real miserable fuck like uh, like who i'm not going to give an example Sintolo, i am going to give an example well, then you know go go like awesome. go go Sinto full Sinto, you know like yeah. actually actually like play out like to go back to the wrestling point like be the heel play the heel like i i do this Eat a cup. ton on yeah i do this a ton on commentary you know like I, I i do things that are fundamentally unlikable you know to to annoy people and get them engaged in the game like if your engagement in the game is being annoyed with something that i'm doing and ranting in chat about how much of a smug twat i am then guess what we got you we got also, you you're engaged in the broadcast yeah, yeah. you know look at calento right like, look at Calento. Pugs, Pugs, smug. Yeah, he, he's he's right smug. Now. And to be honest, if you were just a randomer watching an interview, you'd be like, what an asshole. But everyone loves him because he is very good at the game. He acts like he is, and he acts like he knows he is. And his interviews aren't exactly chatty and fun and, and glowing with rainbow colors. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all like, oh, how are you feeling about that, Calento? Of course I was going to win. And that's funny. Like, and, and well, that's, that's like a an meme in itself. Because, but he's had years of, of creating that. That's different, right? But you've got right. to start totally somewhere. Different than a guy like the right from the start. Sinto is a good example because Sinto is actually not like that often. Oh, the the interview story. Okay, Tell us Calento's story real quick, right? Let's this is peak Calento. We're at Worlds. Uh, all the players walk into a room and just sit down with the six casters and a couple of members of production. What one player at a time? 
one player at a time yeah. yeah and we just we interview them we ask them questions you know we we kind of pick up on like storyline stuff for the broadcast interesting things to talk about right some players are super into it some players aren't and kind of you know give us very quick answers or whatever and it's it's harder to get info out of some players than other others obviously Calento falls into that second category right that's that's a given he's going to be very tough to interview but nothing beats the answer where Abar, who is like a production assistant, one of our like chief researchers on the event, asks him a question and Calento pauses for one second and then just says, pass. <laughs> and just sits back and refuses to answer. <laughs> nice. oh, I thought you were going to nice. talk about the caster question. Nice. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> my, uh, my, but... my, very, my very first time I casted with Calento was four years ago. It was on a mass stream. He looks like super serious. He doesn't say anything, and then he's like, "This play is really bad." <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do that? It's that's, like everyone is like this huge expectation, and he's like so honest. That's what he's I like, mean. He's he's established that. <laughs> there was a while where Clinto, everybody was like, "Oh my god, he's so awkward." But then now it's you know we all love him now, so it's it's a lot. It's that's developed over time. Yeah, How funny it would be if he would be actually really bad at the game. It would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, no, that's the no. best angle. Like you, 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 like you're an actual bad player, and you know it. You like high roll one yeah. tournament, and you just start talking shit about everybody for the rest of your career, even though you're bad. That's so <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> you're like whispering all the time, but you still act like you're the best. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah, yeah you like I clearly outplayed him. Are you, what are you talking all right, about? We, we gotta bring this back. We've gotten way off it. This gotta bring it back. We give to him free lessons. There's, yeah. there's you're one, like one, a regular house legend, and you're like, this guy sucks. He's so lucky. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> one last thing about the tournament is just like some of the crazy games that we saw. Um, you know, we talked about the crazy decks, but we saw. A couple very, I mean, something. I mean, it might even be just like some of the most memorable uh, games that we might see this year. That Deathwing game where the guy played three Deathwings, I think maybe four or five. I can't even remember how many he played. It was uh, Odyssey against uh, Professor Oak. It was Odyssey playing all the Deathwings, right? Yep. Talk about that one, Sal. You you casted that. Uh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> I and um. Professor Oak played really badly, and he won't mind me saying this. He's a super chill guy. He was backstage getting made fun of relentlessly after that game by every other player back there for how badly he played. Um, everyone was just calling him Professor Choke instead. So, uh, oh my God. Deal, deal with that how you will. But uh, yeah, he played he played super badly, and like I was I was casting the game, and you know I have uh, I have a difficulty while casting where when I really disagree with something. My my default response would be the Calento thing of this play is terrible. That guy's an idiot. What are you doing? Which, you know, obviously where you're casting, you can talk about how bad a play is, but you shouldn't just be calling someone an idiot. That's that's not broadcasting. So it's what you do to your co-caster instead. <laughs> exactly. Raven is there to sponge up all that hatred that comes spewing out of my body. Um, if you go back and listen to the cast, you'll be able to pinpoint every moment where I like paused. To not when say anything speechless. too savage. When he's literally um, speechless. So I during grand finals, I think so this was lower bracket finals. Um after the game had finished during grand finals, I think I said that he misplayed six turns in a row, which is impressive. Then I watched back went back and watched the VOD, and I think it's actually eight turns in a row that he was misplayed. It in a row? Seriously? I mean, definitely in the span of like eight to ten turns, he misplayed a good number of them. But in a row, he, 
he overextended into the first death wing yeah then and, and he overcommitted just, just to set this up a little bit guys he like was way ahead of uh odyssey professor oak like he had already gotten like five cards from ysera or something like that full hand we're talking about professor oak with nothing on the board and uh, maybe a few cards with Deathwing, right and um and again professor oak had a full board and was just like throwing down animal drake so that's kind of where sato was saying like extending like that, go ahead and you can kind of continue uh and at this point, he knew there was a Nether Spike card in the opponent's hand, right? The game is 100% won. The only thing you lose to is that Nether Spike card being Deathwing, right? That's yeah. that's where we are in the series. He has two Isera's on board already. Spellstone, an entire Spellstone, just to summon a third Ysera and fill the board, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he gets Deathwing and loses all of his resources. So he has very little res left in his Big Priest at this point because he just used an entire Spellstone. Then he commits to the board again while dreaming the Deathwing, plays too many cards out of his hand, more than he needs to, gets Deathwinged again. Then on the following turn, he has a situation where he could just play Obsidian Statue and dream the Deathwing, and the game is locked up, because you, if he Deathwings the statue, that's fine for you. Your opponent is welcome to Deathwing a statue. He just didn't do that. He did something else with like Greater Healing Potion instead. Uh, then the Dragon Hatcher nonsense came about. The oh opponent God, drew free from crazy. Amber... Oh, was okay man. this was the play that was fine he psychic screamed the first yeah, he week. finally drew psychic scream to get out of this like shit i gotta i gotta play a minion endless and he deathwings it and then he you know, <laughs> dreams it and yeah it's like endless cycle that it's play like, was totally fine and then later on there ended up being a second deathwing in the deck which seemed sketchy <laughs> to me at the time so i'm counting that one in the streak as well so then free from amber into dragon hatcher happened and dragon hatcher just pulls a, a cobalt scale bane it doesn't pull yeah. a deathwing yeah. Professor Oak has Dragonfire Potion in his hand, doesn't kill the Dragon Hatcher, just leaves it there. And then it well, pulls... it would also have hit the Ascendant as well, right? No, there was two other minions with that, that yeah, Dragon yeah. Hatcher that he would have killed. So. And then it, he just doesn't Dragonfire. And then it just pulls a Deathwing out of his deck. No, no. And well, just... it was even worse about not Dragonfire is, is he, he played his last statue against it too. Yes. And that exactly. was the big mistake. <laughs> that was like, and that was it... the only way he could kill Deathwing. I, I will say, after watching specifically, like, that series of events, I do enjoy when things like that happen. Oh, of course. And not do. for, like, no, well, well not, not for, like, like, evil reasons, but it just, the events basically started off with one misplay, right? Which was uh, not playing around the nether spike. That, that, was, that was what I will call the misplay. Then, the rest of the turns that got progressively worse was just you as a player being in a high-pressure scenario and something just went wrong. And then you spiral and spiral and spiral out of control <laughs> as you cannot keep up with what the hell is going on in the game. And it's getting worse and worse. And you know he was feeling it slip away. And that, I love it because it shows that, like, the game isn't just, oh, you clearly just made the best play every single turn. And blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. things affect people. People are playing the game and things affect people. And yes, there was level the level one straight up misplay early on, but then just, it just I don't know if you made progressively worse mess and it was glorious to watch. To yeah, Gar, I don't know if you saw it or not, but like, does that happen to you? Like, do you, because like, I think this is a combination of, of like, men, like tilting plus just unfamiliar territory. Like, I don't think he's probably been in a situation where there's like a Deathwing where you're dreaming and then you have to play against the Deathwing. You know, like it's like crazy stuff. So, have you ever been in that kind of tilting situation, Gar, where you're like, 
not to that to that extreme, <laughs> not to but, that extreme. Not but, no, but this place <laughs> tilting definitely on leather, especially like you can just get high road on leather. There's like this, yeah, you know, KLSF double shadow step. And if you face that three times in a row, it's like it's so hard to not tilt. And tilting is just like you will play where it's not optimal. You will not think as long. I see it with yeah. pretty much everyone. I, I don't see any person that is not tilting. Like yeah. tilting can be really like you play 10% worse, 20% worse. It doesn't have to be dreaming Deathwing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, extra, it's, like, it's extra tilting if you make the mistake though, right? More so than yeah. getting high rolled. Yeah, I, I see people like being like, okay, I, I to think about Mulligan, you know, think about every possibility. Mm-hmm. And then they get high rolled three, four games in a row and then they're like, yeah, do like a, a five second Mulligan and <laughs> think like two seconds of the first turn. Yeah, yeah, cool story. It doesn't matter anyway. So it's like high roll is just high roll. Obviously yeah. it's not, but you get into that mindset like when you just have yeah. no chance, you know, you face Call of Manari on turn five every game and whatnot. Um, I think in tournaments it's less because you're like, okay, I, I have these few games that I play. Like even when Superbad, I think Adu is like the greatest example. Like he's <laughs> playing, no, he's honestly, he's one of the best tournament players in the world. And he gets and, screwed. But wow. he's so known to be like super salty and tilting on stream, right? But in tournaments, like no bad RNG affects him. And I think this oh, is he like gets a lot separates. of bad RNG too. <laughs> like we, but, he's no, but he, it will not affect his play at all. Like yeah. no matter how bad he draws or how lucky his opponent is, and this like I think separates the professionals from like the amateur pros, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can really see that they can handle like RNG way better. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, well, why don't we move on? We don't have too much time left, but one definitely want to get to um, a another. Uh, I guess an event, I guess you could say, that uh, Hearthstone is doing again. And it's actually particularly close to one of the cast members here's heart, given that Sada was discovered by this uh, event, which is So You Think You Can Cast. So they're bringing it back. So is a new caster to 2018, to be fair. Exactly, so. yeah. Exactly, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the best new caster of every year. Um, yeah, yeah. As, as is easily done, because he is enormously forgettable, you do. <laughs> You did forget about Raven, who actually yes, came through. Ra- the Raven same came through it too. Yes, yes, yes. But I've already given Raven like a, a, quite a bit of love through the year of the Raven thing. Okay, so I wanted okay. to like I'm kind right. of you know s- s- you know kind of spread the love here to Saddle too. Um, so yeah, so thinking cast this is obviously a great uh, great way of finding talent and. You know, Hearthstone obviously has their rotation of casters right now, but they're always looking for more. Clearly, so. Right now they're they're running the the uh, event again, and you can submit your uh, auditions by uh, I think you cast to this vod here that's uh, mm-hmm. that they give Correct, to you, yeah. and then you kind of send your video uh, cast to them, and then answer a few questions here. Um, I don't know why they pertain; <laughs> they're going to be biased in terms of this or not, but um, <laughs> fill out those few questions, and then that's like basically your submission into it, and then I think that they're just going to pick finalists. Yeah, it looks like they're going to pick finalists. From uh, and the finals will take place from April 28th to 29th. Uh, but you have to get your audition submitted but before March 13th. And I can't really remember the first one. So, like, I, I remember y'all's auditions, but I don't remember what happens after you, the finalists. Like, do, do you guys go and do something the, live? Like, I don't even remember what happened. We, we did playoffs two years yeah, ago. Yeah, we, we, oh, we were okay. thrown straight into playoffs, yeah. I went really? From, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I went from, you know, doing like one or two LAN events and some online casts to, hey, I won this, go sit next to Brian Kibler at playoffs. Like, that, that was that was. Literally. And have, well, go sit behind Brian Kibler's head. 
playoffs. <laughs> Sit next to Brian Kibler and have him not talk to you for two yeah. hours. Is that what happened? Oh, Ki- Kibler was in the middle. Oh and God, imagine wow. Sol's hair. And uh, Kibler was like this for the whole thing, talking to Frodeno. Oh, it's three of you guys. The old triple cast days. Oh, damn. Also, I uh, just, w- just want to know, it's nice of them to uh, to use a picture there where I'm standing on my tiptoes. That's much, much appreciated. <laughs> making, making me look taller than I am. Thanks. Thank you. He does it all the time, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how there's shadows like in between the two of you guys. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> This looks like Raven is, is like. I mean, you could have photoshopped that. Yeah, yeah. So a four-man cast. I don't think that. I don't remember the last time we had a four-man cast. That's uh, seat story. Seat story. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. A few seat story. That's true. Not a, not like an environment like that. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously this is a great event. Um, you know, thoughts on this? Like, should we be doing this every year, or um, you know, just to to maybe give some, you know, or at least widen the casting pool. We have a lot of casters in Hearthstone, I think, just worldwide. But, you know, obviously you guys are, are, are the varsity team, basically. And, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, there's like another tier, and then there's another tier type of thing. But overall, do you guys think the, ta- the talent pool for casters is very shallow right now? I do. Um, yes. it's, it's a matter of there just being like a ton of events, honestly. Like this year, obviously, we've got playoffs. We've got HGG, which is going to kick off again at some point. Mm-hmm. And then there's all the tour stops, which are now... Um, this is going to be very hard to do to not like come out arrogant, but like the HCT tour stops now that they're like HCT events and in a way Blizzard sanctioned events, they require like a standard of quality, right? In terms of the, you know, the professional casters that you hire to then be the faces of your event. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people who are kind of casual casters out there right now who, uh, you know, can can do online events or whatever, like a, a, a HCT-sanctioned Blizzard tour stop event is like a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily that, like, there aren't enough people that can cast. There's some excellent casters out there. It's just the pool of people who have, like, been through the Blizzard process and have been, you know, polished and refined by a bunch of actual Blizzard events is very narrow you know there aren't that many people that have done like the biggest events um so stuff like this is just more opportunity to like get people into that blizzard ecosystem and help some of the you know the casters that are up and comers really turn into like you know full polished broadcasters which i think will be like fantastic moving forward and and i think the big thing as well is that a lot of um either lesser experience or i'll call them amateur casters not like full-time career casters. i was deliberately trying to avoid that word amateur. Yeah, amateur. Like, well I, to, to me it's Ouch. not even a bad word it, it's not saying anyone's it's just yeah. saying not full-time yeah you know yeah. not full-time yeah. professional um yeah. is that uh, a lot of casts previous to this year it's been so much online casts right casting from home online blah blah mm-hmm. blah all all these tour stops pretty much aren't. They're all live events, and that is a different beast to work with. You know, you're at a live event, there's stuff like actual, you know, headsets, microphones, there's production, there's stuff to mess with that you probably, a lot of casters haven't done before. So it's that extra level of experience yeah. uh, that you can gain by going to all these live events, which I think is is the one of, at least in my opinion, the most important steps to improving is actually getting out there and just getting the reps in at actual like live, you know, studio or you know location events i think that's super important yeah look so it looks like the finals will be casting the the collegiate (laughs) for spring and uh, you know from what you're you guys are saying that the winners do they just immediately start in this 
you know, training pipeline to become, you know, part no, no, of no, no, the, you know, no. no. Okay. Because it, it sounds like that anybody that's doing online ones can still enter it. The only people that can't enter in this, this, uh, contest is you guys. So, um, Except, yeah, everybody much. else, everybody else can. So I feel like that's like an entry point into, um, possibly I, getting ready for the, the rotation or, I, or no. I will say a bit of a difference to to pre or at least the edition we we, we went for when we got it was that you cast in a pair for this, so you you effectively need a partner, uh, and I yeah. think that's the bit that's the biggest talking points I've seen across all the people I know that that are going to go for it is who do I partner with, who's correct, how do we do the partnership, and that's very interesting to watch at least for me because like me and Saul and and anyone else especially you know. I'll just talk about them because I know, but you know, TJ Admirable, Kibler Froden, they talk, we, we talk a lot about how the pair should work. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so believe it or not, plan a few things, discuss a few, a few things, and work out how we, we're supposed to work together <laughs> to make the cast happen. It's scripted, not all just Saul. Totally scripted. We, we, we get up there, do it live, and it's just Saul shouting at, you know, negative things at me. Um, but, you know... I, we, I have we, on more than one occasion, actually, run a burn past Raven in advance. Like, this is pretty savage, but it's funny. Are you okay with me saying this on camera? <laughs> oh, has there been anything he said no to? I got he's once once one time. Wow. One time, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That must have been really bad, man. It was <laughs> for, really bad. For him was, to say no, look, it must have been. I was gonna really say, bad. if you guys watch HCT, you know I can take a verbal <laughs> exactly. punch. Exactly. I mean <laughs> Um but but the some lines are a bit like mm. <laughs> so it, it was probably for the best because if I had said it, you might not have seen me casting any more yeah. HCT in general. <laughs> okay. So basically, I sell, saved Sol's yeah, career. Yeah, you saved Sol's career. That's great. That's great. But anyways, get those in, guys. All, all everybody that's a prospective caster out there and wants to give it a run. Uh, all right. Well, um, I was going to ask somebody. Maybe one quick question. we got to wrap it up because Gar's got to give uh, laddering again. Real quick, um, from Jeff B, you've got Year of the Mammoth, saw three unique legendary types introduced, quest, death knight, weapon. What would you like to see new type of card introduced in the upcoming year? So one of these kind of like very all-encompassing theme, thematic from, from the standpoint of an expansion, like those things were. What do you think uh, you'd like to see? Anybody? Gara, you got an idea um, for something? I would like to see the shaman class being played. No, no, I need more of something. <laughs> it was a joke. It was okay. a joke. Okay, the right. shaman class. Right. Um, okay, go ahead, Raven. No, no, you can... no, no, go, go for it. No, it gives um, me more time to think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So yeah. I, I've talked to, I, I've had an idea for ages, and it's very similar to what we touched on earlier about specializations mm -hmm. um, and, and specs, basically, is I would like to see, like, trinkets in the game that are similar to like a weapon slot, but maybe a separate mini slot. And the trinket um, either stores some kind of ability. So you can say like five mana trinket, and then you can use it once per turn, three times, four times, whatever. Um, and it does something. So it's like you almost bank a lot of mana to then have an overturn effect. Or a trinket that you have in your deck that say alters your hero power or alters some style of your deck to make it more... Um, uh, to make it more like a separate specialization to alter the paths for decks. So, for example, uh, a trinket that would allow Hunter not to have Steady Shot, although Steady Shot's very strong, it makes the Hunter class extremely linear in, in what it can do. Like, it's weird to build a Control Hunter when your hero power kills your opponent very quickly, right? right, right. Uh, whereas okay. there could be a trinket that alters your hero power and maybe alters 
you know, some of your cards to be more defensive and a more controlling manner or boost your traps or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So some kind of like speciality style trinket or, or something that can alter a class's, uh, not archetype, but direction, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or I was thinking about like win condition, different win conditions similar to Rin that you work towards, like a quest mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That you have to fulfill certain things, like play a certain spell, play a certain minion, blah, blah, blah. After all that, you, it just simply says you won the game. That would be very cool. Similar uh, to the yeah, Paladin. Yeah, The Paladin. Similar to where, where Gara is, I really like like uh, alternate board objective kind of thing, like Emperor Thorazan, Fandral. Like I'm a big fan of those cards where they hit the board and they're like a lightning rod. You ha- You have to take care of them. And the interesting thing is that there's counterplay to but from both sides. Whereas I think the big problem with the quest mechanic is that there really isn't a lot of counterplay. It's a game of solitaire that the player like playing the quest has. Um, so that's why I actually was really excited about quests four. I thought they were going to be more of that kind of like tug of war, back and forth struggle of like the warrior quest being like attain 25 armor or something, you know? So then it's actually like something that your opponent has counterplay for. They can actually go face against you, limit your armor. You're trying to stack armor. It's like a back and forth thing. Um, So there's a bunch of different ways you could turn that into an actual game mechanic. Um, But it's something that I'd like like to see going forward. Just something that diverts strategy just from like game ball control, win the game kind of thing, you know. And not like something as well. Sorry, Gonkar. And not like draw Razan five and Android on eight, and that's enough. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a bit a bit yeah. more complicated. I mentioned a quick one that uh, I remember Firebat telling me about as an idea, <clears throat> but actual like board impact cards. So like Shaman could have Earthquake, and for like a turn or two, it actually like earthquakes the board so that two of your opponent's slots in the seven. Uh, unusable because it's mm-hmm. the floor's busted or whatever you know like some kind of like board manipulation yeah. that actually affects the environment as opposed to just either base positioning or you just kill stuff or like I, burn I, you, t- I, you take periodic damage sure. every time yeah, sure, yeah exactly. stuff like that yeah all right I've, I've got a couple ideas which are a little little crazy but uh, i think one of, one <laughs> of them go. one of them could be uh, like maybe a hybrid of like one of y'all's idea and and just like what happens in dungeon rooms <laughs> Like I think being able to pick a type of aura or ability that's maybe specific to thematically to the classes, you know, like you only have a small subset, not th- not this like giant, you know, plus one plus one all your minions and stuff like that. I mean, it'd have to be designed well, but having like different types of uh, auras that could be selected in the beginning, and it would just like change. Like there would be RNG aspect to it because you wouldn't be able to choose and like know exactly which aura you're going to get, so you can't let necessarily deck build around a particular one. So, um, you know, some kind of aspect to that, and then it would create, like, very different scenarios, like, game to game. You know, that's that's really the thing that I think would be kind of interesting. And then uh, the other thing would be, I think, I think it'd be kind of cool to incorporate somehow the game board, or at least have, like, a, a completely different mechanic to the game. Make it more of a video game than a card game, where there's actually other things that you can click on that attacks you know, minions on the board. Like there's like a, you know, like a vine or a little like, you know, Venus flytrap that can actually attack some, like one of the minions that, that you have available to you. I don't know, once every Didn't, three turns. They had that one. They had that one. <clears throat> I'll get there. They had that once with the, um <laughs> in the early Bayer, if you clicked on it, you took damage, right? They had one of the cards, the chicken or something. What? Really? I don't remember that. <clears throat> okay. I'll be quiet and find it. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but anyways, I think something like that. Th those are more mechanic things. Those aren't like one of these things where every single class has a different thing, which is, you know, what happened last year. Um, but uh, I, I like it, though. I like, you know, hopefully they'll they'll figure out something new like that and, and, and introduce it each expansion uh, and, and have just the whole um, meta kind of revolve around it, or at least like some of it. Maybe like, you know, a few classes will will use it and then that'll be good enough. Um, the weapon, for the most part, has been so-so, right? It's really just been the Warlock weapon and Alunith. That's, that's about they're, it, right? <clears throat> they're not very good for the game. Yeah. They're extremely high rolly, yeah. and it feels like, yeah, mm. if you have it, you win the game. Kind of like Kalisif. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I hope... Like, we have individual cards that are just way too powerful, and the game becomes really... Like, yes, it's a card game. Everyone keeps bringing up... It, it's it's normal for a card game to have draw RNG, but in Hearthstone we are getting to a point where we get cards that when you draw this card and you play this card, you win the game because the card is that powerful. We never had such powerful cards. Yes, Adrid could Wildgrowth and then Innovate a Yeti, but that didn't win you just the game. It could win you the game, but it took a couple of turns. But now, if you play Anunef on 6 and there's no weapon removal, you you will lose. <laughs> Auto Pekka. Auto Pekka 4000 was a one mana 1 1. Deal one damage to any player who mouses over this minion. What the hell? And there was, was the, this? the. I don't even world, remember this. The world. This is where they got the idea for the stupid, like, top player card cards on the spectate. <laughs> world Flipper X50. One mana 0 3. Flip your opponent's screen upside down. Dude, these were cards super early on in design. When I don't, I don't they, remember they any actually, of these cards. They never like, actually hit the game. Are we talking they about just, alpha? I, I, talking I about don't alpha? think they hit beta. They, okay, they were alpha. we're talking about alpha. Like these are the cards like Noxious knows, man. Okay. Hang on, what was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah, I, I agree with Gara. Apart from the point about we, how we've never had it before, we actually have had it once before, and it was like the worst meta of all time. It was the Boom on four, Shredder on uh, Shredder on four, Boom on seven, matter right? Because piloted Shredder and Doctor Boom was so much stronger than any other card in the game that if you had one of those cards, you just kind of lost to the to. Uh, so you just kind of beat the guy that didn't have one of those cards on turn four or turn seven. Yeah. And I totally agree that like draw RNG is a core part of a card game, but as soon as you print a card that's like too swingy on the turn that you want to play it, it just accentuates that draw RNG to like the point where the game becomes quite unpleasant to play a lot of the time. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Jeff. And uh, we'll get to some more questions next week. You know, if you did send them in this week, as well as the Mechatorps. Uh, I know a lot of folks submitted some la this past week and we didn't get a chance to get to it because we had so much other things to talk about. Uh, but why don't we kind of wrap up so that Gar can get back to uh, trying to get that high legend in ladder? And uh, but so uh, Raven, you want to do some shoutouts before we take off? Uh, yeah, just the usual. Uh, check out G two. Um, I stream uh, almost every single day. I'm home uh, on uh, Twitch.tv RavenHS. Nice. Uh, my Twitter's somewhere over there. Right there. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I I don't actually have any events coming up super soon that I'm casting uh, because I've just got a house hence the random orange wall behind me because uh, all new houses have orange walls um but i've got like the the moving in the all the mess to deal with so I'm, i've not actually got any events anytime soon but yeah keep up with everything because hct is kind of awesome already this year so right. yeah, awesome so, so how about you uh yeah pretty similar uh shout outs to, to complexity of course um 
uh, all of our players were in the same bait as uh, same uh, boat as Gara right now, grinding away. I'm hoping they're doing well. Go monitor their progress in a little bit. But uh, yeah, follow my Twitter, which is also underneath me down 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 there. That is an underscore in there. C O L C O L underscore Twitter. <laughs> Could have gone back. I didn't. I was looking at like our free view. I didn't realize like where we yeah, were. It's, it's true. Left, left. Yeah, left. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's underscore col underscore uh, subtle. And then like the next event you can see me casting at will be HCT Bangkok, which is the weekend Soon. of like the sixteenth to the nineteenth of March. Yeah, a couple of weeks time. So Bangkok. Uh, make sure to check that one out. I'm sure it'll be get, get another some awesome event, there, dude. Make sure to get some massages there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome uh gara how about you man um not much shout out to all the viewers as always thanks so much for watching and supporting and a random fun fact there's around 8.7 million known species uh, on the planet and blizzard chose raven as a <laughs> As the as top the, caster as, of the year. As, as, as the animal to name this year's rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money can uh, go so a long ways, Gar. So either Raven has the best RNG in the entire <laughs> oh, world, or it's, true. it's not random. So, uh, Raven, Raven, real, real, real talk for a second. Have you, uh, have you got your HCT contract through yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say it would be uh, it would be pretty BM, right? If they just called it, it Year of the Raven you know and what? didn't hire you for the whole <laughs> year. <laughs> if that happened, if that happened, it's I would I, genuinely I pe- just clap. It'll be the it'll be the the, the clap after a win of HCT. Just mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, fair enough. Can't argue with that. Too good, too good. No, wrap things up. Thanks to the three of you guys for doing it. It was a lot of fun today. And um, I guess my other shout out. I'll give a shout out to the Fireside and Tavern Hero that we're going to be doing. Uh, in South Florida this weekend, West Palm, just where we always do it at Buffalo Wild Wings. If you guys want to check that out, uh, the link is here for the meetup. Go ahead and sign up there. The Battlefight link and everything is there. It's free tournament, free giveaways, free hot, I mean, or, uh, hot wing challenges and things like that. So just come. Just have a good time, and you'll um, hopefully, you know, come to more of these things that we have uh and then lastly uh hdd twitch extension if you guys stream use our hearthstone deck tracker extension twitch extension because we try we we bring people from our site to your stream if you're actually playing one of the uh popular meta decks uh so uh look into that activate that extension and you know your viewers will see decks and get deck codes hover overs get some stats too it's all all amazing uh but that's going to be it guys for value town this week so for raven Saddle. Gara and myself, Chan Man V. We'll see you next week.